The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's going on, Rams fans? Welcome back to Rams Showcase. Tonight, Record Watch takes a hit, but still in reach. Plus, some newbies help the Rams get to 12 wins. And later, it's Niners Week. We preview 49ers at Rams. Next, on Rams Showcase. Welcome to Rams Showcase on Sports 4 Radio. What's going on, Rams fans? And welcome back into Rams Showcase right here on Sports War Radio and the fan-sided networks. I'm your host, Joe Brandon, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Beggs. I am laying down the law for you guys tonight. We have quite a bit of information to get into. This is the final week of the regular season, which means that a lot of things are getting crazy right now. There's a lot of things to get into before we hit the postseason, which is just now one week away, which is extremely exciting. It does make me a little bit sad that we're at the end of the regular season now. I feel like it went way too fast, but it always does. So, we're now getting into the playoffs. I'm excited for the playoffs to start, just not excited for the regular season to be over. I'm sure there's at least a couple of you guys that uh, echo those sentiments with me, because playoffs just mean that we're close to the end, you know? But, hey, awesome things can happen in the postseason. Our LA Rams have shown us that before, so hopefully they can do it again. And uh, there's a lot of the things that go into, obviously, the, the we've all got our, our superstitions. And uh, I, for one, I actually was talking about this with a co-worker the other day, that uh, my New Year's resolution this year uh, was to use finger guns more often. And, I mean, whatever. It's, it's awesome, right? More finger guns is what's needed. And so he said that I had, I had used this one before, and I said, you're absolutely right, man. I have used this one before. I used it in 2018, and that seemed to work for the LA Rams and getting to that final game. This gentleman, though, actually, you guys know him. His name's Jackson. He was on the show uh, leading up to the, the Rams and Packers game, and uh, he is a big Packers fan. So hopefully, um, you know what? I, I really would like to see the, the Rams and Packers in the NFC Championship game. I would hate that it would have to be in Lambeau, but hey, that would be one heck of a time. Like I said, though, guys, we've got quite a bit to talk about tonight, so we'll go ahead and hop right in. But before we get into the beef, what I'm going to go ahead and do is bring back a giveaway for this week. Something that you guys could uh, receive a prize pack courtesy of Shaw's Customs. And so make sure you guys uh, are participating in this. And so basically, it's easy to participate, guys. I promise it's easy to participate. All I'm going to need from you guys is on, if you're watching me on YouTube, then on the full version of the podcast, then I need you guys to put in the comment section, all I need you guys to say is go Rams. That's it. There could be other information added into it, but as long as you say go Rams, you are in the giveaway. And if you guys are hearing me on ramblinfan.com or the fan-sided network in any way or just the audio version, whether that's iTunes, iHeartRadio, anything like that, uh, then what I'm can, what i going to need from you guys is a message to one of the Rams Showcase social media accounts. I do get a decent number of entries via Facebook messenger um i also get some on instagram one i have not received yet or at least i haven't noticed any if i did uh would be twitter i believe i i don't have any there so uh, all all you guys need to do is send me a message and you can just say like hey what's up man go rams 
and you're in. That's all. All right. And if you just see that I've read it, that means that I'm writing it down. I'm usually just like, like no excuses here, but I'm usually pretty busy. So I'll like see it and then I'll just like write the name down real fast and and, kind of keep it, keep it moving. All right. But uh, so I do apologize. I don't get a, I don't get a respond to everybody. I'm terrible at responding. If you guys are per people that have my phone number or send me messages, you guys already know that I'm terrible at it. I'm trying to get better though. All right. But this, uh, this schedule is, uh, is kind of kicking my butts a little bit. All of my butts. All right. So that's all I'm going to need from you guys to enter the contest. is going to be a comment on the full YouTube version of the podcast that says Go Rams. Or you can send me a message if you are on the audio only version. All right. So that is what is going to have to happen from you guys. But let's get into it. All right. We're going to go ahead and start with this one because I've seen a big reaction from this one on the Internet. But not a big reaction in the media. So I, I'm kind of curious to see some... Some responses and, and why people's headspace is, I guess, where it is at right now. We're going to be talking about Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Rapp and the issues that they had on the field in week 17 at the Baltimore Ravens, where we saw a punch was thrown. I guess I'm remembering it wrong of who threw what and whatever. Ultimately, though, irrelevant. OK, so we don't know why this happened, and I don't think we ever will. I, I think that this this team is smart enough and also media savvy enough to not let whatever get out because I also don't think it's a very big deal. It's probably something minor. Somebody called out somebody else and that person didn't like it, so got frustrated and then comments were made and then things were thrown, as in hands, that were balled up into fists, okay? But either way, that is what happened. And I, I honestly, though, guys, I mean, I don't know how much football everybody watches that, that watches this show. And I'm sure it's at least a decent amount. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not trying to call anybody out or anything like that. I just want it to be brought to attention that this is a regular occurrence between teammates. We saw it the week before in Washington. And do you guys remember what happened with that? Yeah, nothing. OK, you don't get suspended for doing this kind of stuff unless you're dude who punched Geno Smith in the locker room and broke his jaw because obviously that was a major uh, a major event and you're impacting the team's season at that point and that's not what we saw in this one so I think we all just need to stop overreacting because I think that that's exactly what's happening right now is I think the Rams fan base mainly it's just the Rams fan base which I find interesting as well is that we are the ones overreacting to this. We saw what happened and we lose our minds, all right? But let's not pretend like this means anything for Rap's future with the Rams. Let's not pretend like it means anything for Ramsey's future with the Rams, okay? These kind of things happen all of the time. Teammates argue all of the time. It happens all the time, okay? So these guys, Rap and Ramsey, we'll just go, we'll keep using them as the example because that's exactly who we're talking about here. These guys have spent almost every day together since, what, July? And you get a couple days off here and there, sure, but you're in meeting rooms, they're in the secondary together, so they're doing that, they're pro- they may be rooming together, I have no idea who roommates are or something like that, but they're around each other quite a bit, and that started in July, and now we're in January, of course there's going to be some tensions, that's 53 grown men who have competitive personalities, and you put them in that tight of an area, that much close contact with each other over this amount of time, and you don't expect them to get frustrated with each other? That's ridiculous. Of course they're going to get frustrated with each other and kind of have some snapbacks and stuff like that. But ultimately, the, the cameras don't usually catch catch this kind of thing, and that's why nobody ever pays that close attention. And if you guys watched Pat McAfee, uh, he actually talked about the Washington version of this the week before, 
uh, he did not mention this one, but he was talking about, he's like, it happens all the time, but everybody's eyeballs and everybody's attention is on the field. Usually this is a sideline thing and cameras aren't catching it. So it happens a lot is what Pat McAfee was saying. And I got to take his word for it over my own, even because he was an NFL player. He was on those sidelines. So I'm sure he knows what he's talking about at least a little bit. But if you also saw what happened and you think that the LA Rams now are going to crumble, that we, we have chaos in our locker room, anything like that, then you don't have siblings. All right. I do. I've got sisters, and I'll tell you, we argued, and we fought, and it was not awesome, and I'm sure everybody out there who has siblings right now is like, actually, yeah, that's uh, that does it, like, we love each other, but dang, like, that's all it was, man, it's all it was, these guys are all the way, all around each other, all the time, that's exactly what it was, and they're fine, they're fine now, so what is the big deal, and why are people attacking Ramsey, like, he's not one of the best players in the NFL right now, everybody's saying, like, we need to get rid of Ramsey, that is Absolutely ridiculous to me. All right. Sure. We were one to know without Ramsey this year. Sure. But let's not pretend like we all expected that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was a big game, division game, and it was a big deal and we were able to pull it out. But the good news is this event happened on the same week that Antonio Brown did Antonio Brown things. And took all of that attention away from the Rams. So I got to appreciate Antonio Brown for doing what he did. And we are going to talk about it. We're going to talk about what he did. Um, I know that this is a Rams show. But I promise it does tie in with the Rams. This is a, a top a top NFC team. And one of the top weapons on that team's offense that is now gone. Alright, so let's go ahead and talk about it though. From, from Antonio Brown from the Rams perspective. Alright. I want to preface this by saying no matter what your opinion is on it and what happened in Antonio Brown or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no matter what your opinion is on those topics, you're not wrong. You are right to feel the way you feel because inherently opinions are correct. They're yours. They're right to you. So they are right. I'm not trying to tell you anything that you, you believe or think is wrong. That is not my, my, my goal here at all. All right. But I think that there's three reactions that I've seen to this event that I think are very real, very legitimate. They, 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 they hold value, all right? So, number one, you just think this is sad, all right? You feel for the man because there's clearly something wrong there. Clearly, something is wrong with Antonio Brown. You would love to help him if you could, but you wouldn't know where to begin, you're maybe just a Rams fan who lives in in Montana. You have no idea how to help Antonio Brown. You would love to, but how how would you even go about it? You know? You understand that mental health is a major problem and it is under-addressed. So you feel bad. You feel sad about it. This is a bummer. He's a very talented player. It's sad to see. Number two, you think it's pathetic. A grown man throwing a temper tantrum in the middle of an NFL game him jumping up and down through the end zone, waving his arms while his offense is on the field in the huddle getting ready for a play, That's that can be viewed as pathetic, for sure. He's had more than enough chances in this league, and we were forced to watch him throw it away yet again over something that feels trivial. We don't actually know the story, but it feels trivial. Uh, third camp here is, you think it's hilarious. What will A.B. do next? That guy is wacky. Football, in its most basic essence, is entertainment. And there's no denying Antonio Brown is entertaining. 
I want to be entertained. And while maybe Antonio Brown isn't my favorite player, maybe not your favorite player, he provides plenty of entertainment. I'll be honest, guys, I'm a little bit in all three camps. I think it's sad. I think it's pathetic. And I think it's hilarious. Kind of all three. What we do know is that the story is being twisted. Did he get benched or did he refuse to go back in? That's actually what we don't know. If he did get benched, was it for the incentives? Was it for the incentives that he did not reach? But if that is the case, and the reason I don't buy that story is he himself cost himself three NFL games this year with his vaccination status. And I'm not going to get into that. That's way too political. However you feel is correct. Feel however you want to feel. I'm not here to tell you how to feel. I'm not here to tell you what to think. All right. Was it for that, though? He missed those three games. He lied to the NFL. He also had another game to go. We're heading into week 18 now. Did he forget that week 17 was not the final week of the season? Did if did he refuse to go back in? If he refused to go back in, why? Is he actually that hurt? Did Bruce Arians really tell him to get off his team, or did he probably more likely, in my opinion, say something as, Along the lines, if you're not going to go in right now, I'm shutting you down for the day. And that set Antonio Brown off. Let's not pretend like Antonio Brown's history wouldn't show us that that's a possibility, okay? I'm not saying that that's exactly what happened, but let's not pretend like that's not a possibility. Because we don't actually know the truth of the story. Is is this action something that could spawn his music career? And then we'll be looking back at this like, that guy's a genius. He took his NFL platform and made a spectacle out of it, and then launched a music career. Genius. But neither of these stories make sense to me. If he got benched, why leave? Why not ask for a release? There's other good NFL teams out there, but do you know how many of them want to sign him now? None. Do you know he's not a free agent either? The Bucks still hold his rights. So that wouldn't make any sense if that was his goal. But why not take that information to the press conference and strong-arm the team into playing you Week 18 to get those incentives? It was just about a million dollars, three dollars less than a million dollars to get these incentives. Strong arm the team into it by saying it in the press conference, saying they put me on the bench so that I didn't hit these incentives. Guess what the team is doing that very next week? Throwing you the football. I know that much. But if you refuse to go back in, what led to the blow up? We may not actually learn this truth because neither side can benefit from the truth. And ultimately, that's exactly what releases to media is, is who does it benefit? It's got to benefit somebody by information coming out. Otherwise, it typically does not. And we've seen that plenty of times. The Bucks won't comment any further, I'm sure, unless they are getting just absolutely ripped on the internet, which is not what I've seen so far. We're a few days past this, and I'm not seeing that. Uh, what story could come out that would benefit Antonio Brown, though? It uh, it almost doesn't matter uh, what the team did or how he ran off, because um, at this point, it's it's over now. You know what I mean? Like, what? how does that benefit Antonio Brown? If he were to leave like that, what other team is going to be like, oh, Tom Brady vouched for you? Yeah, you can come over here, man. Well, we'll I know you blew off Tom Brady, one of the best players of all time, and one of the most respected players in, in our sport of all time. He vouched for you, and you just blew him off. Well, why don't you come over here and help us out? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, nothing that the team could have done could warrant that behavior, though, in my opinion. I don't think that anything that Bruce Arians could have said or would have said would warrant that kind of reaction uh, from Antonio Brown. But how does this help the Rams? One of the top NFC teams just lost a weapon. Two top weapons for this team within a couple of weeks. Chris Godwin goes down with an ACL. Antonio Brown becomes uh, wide receiver two. And then this happens. 
But from a pure football perspective, to take it out, all the emotion, none of the emotion in this, none of the opinions in this, uh, the Buccaneers take a hit to their offensive production, and this makes the NFC weaker and an easier path for the LA Rams. Go Rams. Moving on. Transactions. We got a couple of them for you guys to talk about here. The Rams did activate running back Raymond Calais off of the COVID list. This was I saw this be misunderstood by uh, a, a certain percentage of Rams fans. He was activated off the COVID list. He does remain on IR, not expected to return. The Rams did wave wide receiver J.J. Koski with uh, the, the no recall on that. Uh, the Rams also terminated... Ryan Santoso, the kicker, and Carson Tinker, the long snapper that they kind of had. I believe that was kind of a COVID situation that they brought in, but they have now been terminated. And wide receiver Warren Jackson has been added to the practice squad. Let's get into the record watch, though. We've got a couple of interesting records to keep our eyeballs open on this weekend when the Rams host the San Francisco 49ers. We'll start with wide receiver Cooper Cup. We'll take a look at the yards right now. Cooper Cup has 1,829 receiving yards. He's averaging 114 per game. He is currently on pace for 1,943. The NFL record, 1,964. So not currently on pace for it. Does need 135 yards to get to that mark. And uh, he does now hold the Rams record for most receiving yards in a single season. So Cooper Cup, I think I feel comfortable saying that Cooper Cup, the 2021 Cooper Cup season is the best season for a Rams wide receiver in franchise history. I feel confident saying that. Uh, some of you guys may disagree. That's totally fine. I realize that there that some some could view that as like recency bias or whatever. But I I kind of disagree. I think that he has had an amazing season. I don't think it's anything to to really uh, shrug off. As far as receptions go, Cooper Cup has 138, 8.6 per game. He's on pace for 146.6. The NFL record is 149. He does need 11. So 11 receptions and 135 yards, and Cooper Cup is tying some records. So that's what we're keeping an eye on this weekend. 11 for 135. So 12 for 136, and we make history, all right? But there is, of course, a little asterisk now because we are going into Week 18. We kind of kind of lock in the, 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 the milestone here with it being uh, the 16 games that we've already played, the 17th coming next week. Let's take a look at quarterback Matthew Stafford. As far as yards go, he currently has 4,648, 290 and a half per game. Uh, that is currently uh, third all-time in Rams history. We're not looking at NFL records here because uh, Stafford would have, he would have to have a record-breaking single day in order to break NFL records. He would have to go off, all right, <laughs> uh, to, in order to break records. But he is currently... Like I said, third most in Rams history for a single season. He is 40 yards behind Jared Goff's best season. So just 40 more, and then uh, he he gets to second place only behind Kurt Warner. He's currently on pace for 4,938 and a half. And then the Rams record is 4,830. Uh, 4, so he is on pace to beat that record and become the, the Rams all-time leading passer in a single season. Uh, he does need 182 passing yards to beat that record. Uh, and then he also needs three passing touchdowns to tie the record with Kurt Warner for most passing touchdowns in a single season in Rams history. I'm going to go ahead and take one quick break here. And on the other side, we will look back at the Rams win over the Baltimore Ravens. Don't move. So the LA Rams were able to defeat 
the Baltimore Ravens for the first time ever. The Rams won against the Ravens in the city of Baltimore. Third win all time over the Baltimore Ravens. First time outside of the city of St. Louis. That was only the second time ever the Los Angeles Rams played the Baltimore Ravens and are now 1-1 one one as the LA Rams against the Baltimore Ravens. So that's pretty awesome stuff. Kind of got, I would, I don't know if I would call it revenge. I mean, it kind of is, whatever, but like that game, Monday Night Football a couple years ago, 45-6, to six, I don't know if a 20-19 to 19 win, like, I don't know if that heals my my soul. You know what I mean? Like, I still am like, nah, man, these Ravens need to get beat. Like, you know, there's still some more aggression in here. But uh, we had some some clutch plays by Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. to seal that game out. But without them, my question to you guys would be, without those guys, do the Rams win this game? That's a good question. All right. And it does does somebody else make that fourth down catch like OBJ had? Does somebody else score that touchdown? Does somebody else get the sack? The sack? I'll give you. Those catches, though, I'm not sure. Those some pretty solid catches out here. But first half, the Rams just felt really soft. Stafford has, he feels like he's gotten into a little bit of a rhythm of making bad decisions. And I do know that the, the pick six that he had against the Baltimore Ravens, there was actually a miscommunication. I mean, we can call it what it is. Um, we What we've been told is that Odell Beckham Jr. ran the wrong route. And it didn't clear out the defender like it was in, like it was supposed to. And Stafford just didn't adjust to that. So I put blame on both of them still, even though it sounded like McVay was trying to be like, dude, OBJ has got to run this right. Otherwise, this is probably this may be a catch, whatever. Like, but at the same time, you need to be able to see that as Matthew Stafford and then just not make that throw. Don't throw it straight to a defender because that's also becoming a trend is throwing it straight to the defender. What I will give Matthew Stafford, though, very strong second half. He looked very good in the second half. And 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 I take that as momentum. All right, maybe maybe I maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to take that as momentum going into week 18, um, and still does not have any fourth quarter interceptions on the season, which I think is actually an underrated stat right now. Is that no fourth quarter interceptions? He hasn't throw. He hasn't had a game losing throw like we've seen from Mark Bulger and Sean Hill and Austin Davis and Jared Goff. Like we have, we have not seen a game losing throw from Matthew Stafford. All right, which is incredible news but it feels safe to say that in these last few weeks or so uh the rams are winning in spite of matthew stafford not necessarily because of matthew stafford although like i said that second half a different story in the second half i thought that stafford played really well but we got a game badge to give away put it up on the screen it is odell beckham jr bro bj out here with five catches 39 yards and one touchdown the game winning touchdown a huge fourth and five conversion well, it was all hands. Great play. Barely got the first down, but he, that hey, barely counts. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter to me. I mean, the, they don't give you half of a first down because it was close. You know, you got the first down. It was perfect, and then also scored that game-winning touchdown, which was great. Benny Sko on that one cleared out the defender perfectly. We've seen Sko be able to do that, and the dangerous part about that is if Sko can show that he's got some good hands, which he's had some troubles with. He's had some drops. If he can show that he's got good hands, he'll draw even more attention away from Cooper Cup and OBJ and Tyler Higbee and Van Jefferson. And that could just benefit the entire Rams offense. And we don't even have Robert Woods right now, man. This is some good stuff right now. This offense is exciting, man. Whether or not you are are, are crazy about Matthew Stafford or you hate him, you got to admit this. This is an exciting team, right? We got just got to 12 wins. by the with the help of guys like OBJ and Matthew Stafford. All right. I don't know if if. Jared Goff throwing that ball to Benny Sko is a first down or a touchdown at that point. 
So I think we're making some good decisions here. Also, I don't think that uh, getting to 12 wins and the opportunity to get to 13 wins is anything that we should look at as like a failure at all. I think that this season has been a success. I think that we could have done better, and we did have that stretch there, that three-game losing streak. I think this team could have been better, and I think this team is actually better than their record says. But I know that there's still Rams fans out there that are like, they, perfection or nothing, and because it's not perfect, we do have losses on our on our record, they're going to get mad. You know what I mean? So it happens. And I also get the Super Bowl or bust thing. People say that a lot. Um, I don't understand the bust part. What happens if we don't win the Super Bowl? Like, are you just not a fan anymore? Like, that, I that's a real question for the Super Bowl or bust people out there. Um, I understand you can consider it a failed season if we don't win the win the Super Bowl, considering all that's gone into this year and building this roster. But what is the bust? Like, legit. Like, are you just a Chargers fan if we don't win the Super Like, I don't, I'm really confused at what that even means. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm going to be a Rams fan no matter what. We could lose. We could be 0-17 this year, and I'm still going to be doing Ram Showcase and rocking my gear and stuff. So, I, I guess I just don't understand. And I would love... I, that's a genuine question, actually. I'm trying. What is that? What does that mean when you say Super Bowl or bust? Is it just going to be like you're going to be sad? Like, because I'm going to be sad. I'm not saying Super Bowl or bust. But I'm going to be sad if the Rams still win the Super Bowl. Like, I want them to. Of course I do. You know what I mean? But okay, got off track there. Let's move on here to quarterback Matthew Stafford. Twenty-six of thirty-five, three hundred and nine yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. Had a decent day. But the interceptions have officially become an issue, and these turnovers are becoming a problem right now. One more game to get back on track. If Stafford can be dangerous, though, this team is dangerous, man. This team is unstoppable if Stafford can be dangerous. Because, like I said, it feels like the Rams are winning in spite of Stafford, not because of Stafford. So Stafford can get on and be what he was earlier in the season. Man, this team is scary. All right, and I don't know anybody who would want to be playing this team right now. Running back Sony Michelle, 19 carries for 74 yards, one touchdown, still running strong. And it will be really nice to have Cam Akers back. But dude, Sony Michelle is on fire right now, man. Sony Michelle is bringing the fuegness, and he's doing it every single week right now. He's one of the best running backs, if not the, in the past five weeks or so. He's playing amazing football right now. I know that 19 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown, that's not a stat line that you. That, that like is making headlines you know you're not seeing sports center being like sony michelle look at this you know what i mean like fantasy and stuff like that like it's just that's not a thing but the way that he's participating in this rams offense he fits in really really well but so does cam Akers. i'm really curious to see how that combo works out tight end tyler higby had six receptions for 69 yards no touchdowns had a string of really nice catches in a row like three catches in a row where you're like dude tyler is on today that was awesome to see really cool to see uh, but it feels like his place in the offense is becoming more solidified. Like he's becoming, he's becoming a really important part of this offense. And, and I think it just, just a touch more, just a skosh more every single week that he's just a little bit more important to this offense, I think. And then we'll, we'll end this one with uh, linebacker Von Miller. He had his best day as a Ram so far, two sacks on Tyler Huntley, which was awesome. One of them definitely should have been a flow sack for sure, but Hey, Vaughn got it, and I I do not hate that at all. Okay, I don't care who they are. I just want them. I just want whoever's wearing Rams uniforms to be kicking butts. And that week, this week, Vaughn Miller was out there kicking butts, man. Two sacks, like I said, closed out the game with a big old sack, and you got you love to see it. I mean, love to see it. That guy's that guy's doing awesome. So, 
We'll go ahead here. Uh, we'll jump into the rest of the West. What those other three dreams are up to. We'll start with the San Francisco 49ers defeating the Houston Texans 23-7. to And uh, there's some playoff situations that we got to look at here. But first, Lance looked solid. But I expected that. All right. I expected in his really like I it was his second start, but let's it's his first. Well, like, come on. You know what I mean? Like it's it's his first like from now on, because like it feels like Jimmy's done. He might play this week, but it feels like he's mostly done. This is now Trey's team, it feels like. And I will get to kind of see what happens and how Trey Lance can actually perform because I know that there's even 49ers fans that have some concerns about Trey Lance and, and his abilities so the playoff scenarios for the the 49ers a week 18 loss and a New Orleans Saints win against the Atlanta Falcons equals no playoffs for the 49ers but both of those things have to happen losing to the Rams and the Falcons beating the Saints uh, or the the Saints beating the Falcons and then uh, the yeah the 49ers so they have to they have to win this game uh, otherwise they need help uh or they need not help, I guess, <laughs> is the way to put that. Because they would, uh, they would need New Orleans to, to kind of just not do a good job, and uh, they would be all right. So week eighteen, though, at the Los Angeles Rams, one twenty-five kickoff uh, for that game. That'll be televised on Fox. Uh, we'll get into the distribution map on the game preview, though. Next up, we got the Arizona Cardinals defeating the Dallas Cowboys, twenty-five to twenty-two. I missed this game bad. I said that the Cowboys were just going to roll it up on uh, the Arizona Cardinals. But I also, like, this game showed me one thing, is that I don't know who either of these teams are. Are the Arizona Cardinals good or are they terrible? I, it's so difficult to tell. Are the Dallas Cowboys, are they good or are they terrible? I really don't know. The Arizona Cardinals losing this game, though, surprised me. They did a great job against Dak. They did a, uh, The Cardinals' defense is really what won this game for them because they just kind of seemed to handle that offense. So was it just a good matchup? That's kind of the way I'm leaning, but also who knows? I mean, we're at this time of the year where some unsung heroes are going to come in and, and do awesome things, and, and some teams are going to fall a little bit flat. We're just that time of year right now, and that's you get a, you really get a, a feel for who's the real deal and who's not. Feels like the Cardinals, though, might be a, might be a little bit of a scary team heading into the, to the postseason after that win against the Cowboys. Week 18, though, they're at home against the Seattle Seahawks, 125 p.m. kickoff. Speaking of the Seahawks, they did defeat the Detroit Lions 51-29. to I had to look this one up because it is not a scoregami. I thought that it was because 51-29, to I was like, how many times has that happened? Actually, this was only the second. So, <laughs> so it's not technically scoregami, but it's close enough, right? Now, the Lions are just not very good. Let's, uh, let's not sugarcoat it. I mean, the Lions are not the, the best football team right now. There's, as a football fan, as a major fan of the NFL, watching the Detroit Lions play and seeing guys out there, I'm like, who the heck is that? Like, in like positions where they're like, like number two corner and stuff. And I'm like, I have no idea who this guy is. Like, that, that's weird for me. I'm not used to that. Usually that's like a preseason feeling. Of like, I have no idea who this guy is. But it happened in this one. So, uh, but it's also, I don't want to discount the, the Seahawks entirely. They did play a really good game. Uh, it seemed like, like Russ, I feel... I, I hate to say it. Well, I love to say it, actually. Uh, I, I think that that was his farewell to Seattle. I think that was his last game there. And he had a heck of uh, a showing for his what I would assume is his final game uh, in uh, in Seattle. Week 18, though, at the Arizona Cardinals, a place that they did lose the Super Bowl. Losing the Super Bowl. I remember we talked about that on the NFC West Roundtable. Squabo was talking about that with uh, how 
poetic it would be, no matter how the outcome is, uh, they either win in the venue that they lost the Super Bowl in or they lose in the venue they lost the Super Bowl in. And either way, it's kind of a good storyline. <laughs> so, hey, man, I don't know. But those Arizona Cardinals, I'm interested to see what they do. Uh, fortunately for the Rams, and we'll kind of talk about this here in a second, but fortunately for the Rams, this game actually happens at the same time as us. So we won't know if we need to, like if we have to win this game, basically, uh, in order to clinch the division. We won't know. I'm sure they'll have the score up, but we won't know. Maybe, though, because I've also seen a couple years back in Denver, I don't remember who the coach was, uh, but a couple years back in Denver, I remember that they actually, the Broncos requested that the score of the game that they needed to keep an eye on or needed to know the outcome of or whatever, he asked to not show that score. Do not show the score in the stadium. I don't want my players to know because I don't want my players at any point to say, hey, we can relax or to get way too into it and say like, oh crap, this team is winning. That means we have to win. Let's uh, like get all frantic. You know what I mean? It was, I can't remember who it was, uh, but that, that did happen a couple years ago. I'm not sure if that'll be the case for the LA Rams. Let's take a look at the standings, though. Your LA Rams still in first place with a 12 and 4 record. The Arizona Cardinals sitting in second with 11 and 5. San Francisco 49ers with a 9 and 7. And Seattle Seahawks at 6 and 10. No updates as far as clinching in the NFC West. The San Francisco 49ers still have not clinched anything. Uh, the Cardinals and Rams are both in. We just don't know who's going to win the division. And, of course, the Seahawks are still eliminated. That would be weird if they became uneliminated. So, I guess that makes sense. We do look at the um, the Seahawks as a, as a pretty bad team. I think that they should be much worse, though. And also, I mean, you put the Seahawks in any other division in the NFL except for the AFC North, and they're at least third place. So, I, I don't think it's as bad as... as I don't know, I think it's Russell Wilson, man. I, I think if you take Russ out of that situation, they're they're like a two, three win team. But I, I think that Russ is genuinely worth a couple of wins. You know what I mean? So it's hard to say right now, but um it's good stuff. Let's take a look at the playoff picture though before we get into clinching scenarios here. So we'll start with the Green Bay Packers. They are the number one seed, have clinched the number one seed, and they play the Detroit Lions this week, so they would have clinched it, I think. No matter what, the LA Rams sitting in the number two slot right now with a 12-4 record can clinch that number two seed with a win against the 49ers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 12-4 at the third spot. Dallas Cowboys just behind them at 11-5 after that loss to the Arizona Cardinals. Speaking of the Arizona Cardinals, also 11-5. They win the NFC West with a win and a Rams loss, but are currently that number one wildcard team would play at the Dallas Cowboys if the season ended today. San Francisco 49ers at 9-7. and seven. They can clinch the wild card with a win, uh, but do have a path where they could be out of the playoffs. The Philadelphia Eagles, they can they uh, did clinch a uh, a wild card spot and uh, are, are officially locked in at the playoffs, but if the season ended today, they would play at the LA Rams, which is a very favorable matchup for the Rams, uh, which would be good. And then the bubble team, the only team right now that's uh, needing some help uh, to get in and to win themselves, which would be the New Orleans Saints at 8-8. Eight and eight. So the NFL, NFC field is uh, largely determined about who gets in, but we're only looking right now uh, with the 49ers and the Saints. One of those two teams will not make it in. The 49ers get in with a win over the Rams or a Saints loss to the Atlanta Falcons. Like I had mentioned before, the Rams do lock in that number two seed with a win over the San Francisco 49ers. The Rams could drop all the way to a five seed with a loss to the 49ers and the Cardinals winning against the Seattle Seahawks at home, but cannot drop further 
than the five seed. So that's what we're looking at right now. The San Francisco 49ers definitely have something to play for in this game, but so do the Rams. The Rams do not want to be going on the road for their first playoff game. Would definitely like to be at BroFi Stadium for the first one, which would be amazing stuff. Playoffs at SoFi, we have uh, yet to see that, actually. So that would be amazing, right? That would be absolutely incredible. You get a playoff game. Uh, with capital LA in the playoff in the word playoff for sure, but uh, we'll get a good playoff game at, at Brofast Stadium. So fine. And um, hey, if you're if you're able to go to that man, that's I'm a jealous because I would love to be there. But also, uh, if you are selling your tickets to 49ers fans this weekend, you're the worst kind of person. All right, and I hate you, and I wish I wish bad stuff. All right, <laughs> hope you get a flat tire on the way to work tomorrow if you're selling your tickets to 49ers fans. I know that much. That much I know. That much I can confirm. Speaking of this game, San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. We will preview that right after this break. Don't move. Welcome back in, Rams fans. You can find a link in the description below, no matter where you are hearing my voice, for for Shaw's Customs. So he's got a bunch of awesome stuff. We talk about it every single week. You can get the custom shot glasses, the beer mugs. You've got uh, you got shirts, you got decals, all kinds of awesome stuff. I think he still's got the 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 packs, the the seven different logo ones. I'm pretty sure he still. I'm I know he does. I if you ask for it, I'm sure he can make it. All right, even if it's not listed, just do it. Just tell him tell him I told you it's fine. That's all. Just uh, be like, hey, Joe said that you could do this, so I need that. All right, I promise it'll work. We'll also link all pro sports in the description below as well. You guys go check them out. Uh, don't take my word for it though, guys. Don't you don't have to listen to me. You don't have to listen to my taste, all right? I'm all over the place. Believe yourself, man. Just go click the link. What's the worst that could happen? After the show's over, click the link, go check it out yourself, and spend some money, man. Money spending's good. Money spending's good. All right, let's go ahead and hop into this game, though, this game preview here. We got the LA Rams hosting the San Francisco 49ers. This game does kick off at 1.25 p.m. Pacific time, and it will be televised on Fox. We will put up the distribution map here shortly, but... This is actually a pretty large area. Uh, we get Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, so it's expected when you have that crew that you will get a decent area uh, that's just a, a big crew. That's a, the Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, that is that is the, the game of the week crew for Fox. Uh, but both Fox and CBS do have double headers this week. And that's, I mean, obviously that's not something we see regularly, but usually for the last week of the season, we do see that. Uh, there's also games on Saturday. The Rams did not get the Saturday game because the San Francisco 49ers have not clinched yet. The NFL did not want clinching scenarios to be taking place on Saturday. They wanted uh, playoff, like, seeding things to happen on Saturday, not clinching scenarios, because if the 49ers were to defeat the Rams on Saturday, then the game on Sunday between the Saints and the Falcons loses almost all of its meaning. So, you know, you know, you don't want to do that. And actually, the NFL got a tip tip my hat to the uh, schedule makers there putting the east coast game the saints and falcons or at least more east into that late slot the 125 p.m kickoff time because of the clinching scenarios and nobody can enter their game knowing what they need to do so all of these games will take place at the same time the rams and the cardinals they're kind of watching each other and the saints and the 49ers they are both watching each other and all those games kick off at the same time and i believe those are all fox games if i'm not mistaken here so let's go ahead and throw up the distribution map for you guys here it is and you are looking for the red zones like i said joe buck and troy aikman so pretty large area for this one which is awesome stuff i mean 
the more people that can view the LA Rams, the better. Because Rams blue and Rams yellow getting shot into your retinas all over the country, it's good for America, all right? It just makes the world a little bit better place. Um, but I also want to throw this in there. Just kind of thought this was a cool stat. The 49ers, I'm sure most of you guys know this too. The 49ers are actually the Rams' most common opponent. They have not played any other team in the NFL more than they've played the San Francisco 49ers, which is pretty awesome stuff. Um, but um, we'll actually go, we'll talk about the history real fast because of that. Um, so this is the 145th all-time meeting between these two teams. The 49ers do lead the all-time series 74-67-3. The most recent game between these two just came earlier this season, November 15th, 2021. 23-20 20, uh, win for uh, the 49ers. I do, um, that was, it was a Monday Night Football game. It was a, it was kind of an interesting matchup. I actually, I, I feel like that score is wrong. Maybe I wrote something down uh, that was not right here. Let me uh, just, as I'm talking here, just take a quick peek. But uh, the first ever game between these two came on October 1st of 1950. And uh, that was actually, um, obviously, the 49ers are not as old as the, the LA Rams. So 1950, that's actually where the part of the name comes from. That was a 35 to 14 win for the LA Rams. The last Rams win came December 30th of 2018. That game came at the Coliseum. And that was a 48 to 32 win for the Rams. So if you are keeping track at home, yeah, see, I got that score way wrong. It's 31 to 10. I don't know what I was doing <laughs> or what I was seeing uh, in that one, but yeah, 31 to 10 was what the 49ers beat the Rams by. That didn't feel right to me, so I wanted to make sure I got that right. Uh, but the 49ers playing at, at the Rams at SoFi Stadium, the Rams are actually 0-2, have not defeated the San Francisco 49ers at SoFi Stadium. But really, what we're, we're looking for a, a couple of things in this game. There's a lot of stories that kind of go into this game. First is, can the Rams break a five-game losing streak against the San Francisco 49ers and lock up the number two seed? That's massive. All right, that is huge. Uh, can the 49ers continue their streak against the Rams and lock in a playoff berth of their own without needing help? Massive story as well. Both teams are in a position to win and control their own destiny. The Rams win would mean no Green Bay until at least the NFC Championship game, which would honestly feel iconic. That just feels like a game that would just go down in history. Rams at Packers, NFC Championship game. I think that that would be a huge, huge game. And either story kind of works, because if you look at what the Packers are doing, uh, like it could be the final year for not only Aaron Rodgers, but also Devontae Adams. So it's kind of got a last dance kind of vibe to it where they would, you know, ride off into the sunset of Green Bay uh, with a with a ring on their finger. Or would the L.A. Rams play the the Super Bowl in their own home stadium, something that's only been done one other time, which was less than a year ago. So it wasn't that crazy. But could the Rams be the second team to do it? And in back-to-back years, unfortunately, the Rams would be the road team for this one, so that would be kind of weird. But at least it would be kind of dual-branded as far as the stadium goes. It wouldn't be just, like, opponent-specific, you know what I mean? So at least we'd have that. But even if we were the home team, it'd be that. So I guess it's okay. I just don't know what the rules are. We would be on the opposite sideline, so that would feel weird. But I just don't know what all the, the rules are that go into into that kind of thing. But... Uh, there's also uh, a potential outcome where the, the Rams would play the 49ers in the first round of the postseason. If the Rams do win this game uh, or the, the Arizona Cardinals lose, there's there's ways that it can be done where the, the Rams would actually host the, the 49ers again. And we've seen that plenty of times where a team will the two teams will play each other in the last week of the season and then play each other in the very first week of the play, playoffs. And 
typically those games go different. They're, they're not identical games. They're usually not mirrors of each other. So that'd be really interesting to see how that would unfold, especially depending on how the week 18 game that we have this weekend would go and what that would mean moving forward. Do you pull out all of the stops and then you have nothing but in your back pocket in the, the following week? Or do you kind of hold some stuff back and then the next week you can kind of pull some other stuff out? I know with Sean McVay, his his playbook is is so vast that he doesn't use everything every single week. So, of course, he's got stuff that he wouldn't be using in this game, but we'll have to just wait and see what happens. Let's take a look at the matchup of this one. The Rams offense versus the Rams or the 49ers defense. The The Rams have the, the number eight offense in the NFL in total yards. The 49ers defense, though, fourth in total yards. Rams passing the football fifth in the NFL, 277.6 in the uh, in the air. And the 49ers are also fifth in defending the pass. So a good test for Matthew Stafford. I think a big part of that, though, is the pass rush of the San Francisco 49ers running the football. Rams still sitting right in that pocket, right at about 100 yards a game and right in that mid-20s range as far as the rankings go. 49ers defense ninth in the NFL in stopping the run. And points being scored, the Rams putting up almost 28. That's tied for eighth. And the 49ers are giving up a little over 21 a game. That is tied for 13th. So one heck of a matchup here for sure. And there's a lot of different uh, matchups to kind of watch here. I, I personally, I think that the Rams offensive line against that San Francisco pass rush, I think that that's going to be ultimately the biggest story here. Uh, that secondary of the 49ers isn't necessarily as concerning. I think it's the 49ers or the, uh, the Rams wide receivers can create separation. I just don't know how well this offensive line will stand up to that pass rush. And that was kind of what the problem was last year or last time we played them earlier this season. And so we'll kind of have to see how that, that adjustment happens. But also, we have an entirely new dynamic now because now with uh, Odell Beckham Jr., he's been a, a like more solidified into our offense. And then you also have Cam Akers coming back. So I'm not 100% sure what this offense is going to look like this week. But I think it will be better than last time where the Rams only put up 10 points over the 49ers uh, in San Francisco in primetime Monday Night Football. So hoping for a, a more positive experience than that one. But this Rams defense is also different as well. But let's take a look at it. The 49ers offense versus the Rams defense. 49ers offense, 10th in total yards. The Rams defense is 17th, floating right in that range as well. That 15 to 18 range. I feel like the Rams have been there most of the season. Passing the football, the 49ers offense ranks 12th. That, of course, was largely Jimmy Garoppolo. They do have a replacement now, Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo has not been ruled out of this game, but it seems like Trey Lance is going to be the guy. Per Von Miller, he says he expects to see both of these quarterbacks out on the field this week. The Rams defense, though, 20th in stopping the pass, despite that amazing secondary like we do have. The Ram, uh, 49ers running the ball are seventh in the NFL. The Rams defense, though, is sixth in stopping the run and points being put up per game. 49ers putting up 25. The Rams are giving up just under 22 a game, and that is 15th, uh, right about middle of the road for both of those teams. So what are we watching here? There's a lot of good matchups to watch here. Of course, we want to see this this Rams pass rush against that 49ers offense and that, that offensive line, and, and not only that, but, but also Trey Lance. Is he going to be the guy that is running all over the place and, and doing all kinds of crazy stuff? Because... I like that, if that's going to be the case. I think that Jimmy actually gives the, the 49ers a better chance to win this game. If that's what they're going for, if Jimmy's health en healthy enough to play, I would anticipate that that would be the move. But Trey Lance, I like that for the Rams because the Rams play mobile quarterbacks decently well. And we've got the speed on defense, especially with guys like Justin Hollins coming back. 
Uh, I know we don't have our Ernest Jones right now, but dude, Trayvon, Trayvon Howard is playing some good football right now. And Troy Reader had a really strong week last week, so hopefully that can continue. But also, let's not forget this defensive line. One of the fastest players in the NFL, Greg Gaines, is instead of just lighting it up over here. And then, of course, I mean, I don't even need to mention Aaron Donald. I think we all know who he is and what kind of impact he can have on the NFL games. But I think that ultimately it's going to be getting after Trey, whether that is in the run game or in the pass game, really need penetration. All right. The, the way this game went last time is the 49ers were just crushing time of possession. It was like 40 minutes to uh, to 20 minutes, just about. So uh, the Rams really need to to at least be competitive in time of possession. And it that's one of Sean McVay's flaws is that when a team has a very long drive against him, he tries to attack really fast. And so he gets a little pass happy. And then when that leads to a three and out, and then that team gets the ball back again and takes maybe another seven, eight minutes off the clock, now Sean McVay has given up 14 points, has only had three offensive plays in the last quarter and a half, and now he's going to be extremely antsy. So the Rams need to kind of be a little bit ahead of the game there and do it themselves. Control the ball and keep their offense off of the field and not do anything too crazy here because we also have more games to come. This is not it for us. So we need to also keep these guys healthy. And I think that a good way to do that would be to control the game, slow the game down. Don't get all Sean McVay about it and just try to light everybody up, but just take it in, take it a little easy and let's just control this game. Don't let them do it to us because I think that that's exactly what the whole Shanahan versus McVay thing is. It's just ball control. Sean, uh, Shanahan just does a good job of not letting McVay have the football that much. So if we can do it ourselves, I think that would be the way to come out with a win uh, in this game. Let's take a look at the three to see. Looking back at last week against Baltimore, I had the inside linebackers. Troy Reader did lead the team in tackles. Howard did not feel as impactful as he did the, the week before against the Minnesota Vikings, but still had a decent day. Matthew Stafford uh, he hasn't fully corrected his mistakes, uh, but a lot better in the second half against the Baltimore Ravens. The 49ers are a team that will take advantage of that, though, if he is making those mistakes. And you just don't want to see a loss heading into the playoffs. And like ultimately, we're in the dance. All right, we got to the tournament, and that's really what you want. But you also, now we're in a situation where, do you really want to take that hit before going in, though? Like, do you want to, like, take a shot to your confidence a little bit if you're losing to a team who is going to be below you in the standings, no matter what? Like, is that a little bit of a shot to confidence? And you, then you have to try to get hyped again, get into the playoffs. If you need to get hyped to get the playoffs, though, I mean, you're probably doing the wrong thing is your job. I'm sure playoffs, no matter how you go into them, are exciting, <laughs> are exciting things to, to participate in. We also had Sony Michelle. He was the he uh, was the guy again. It was the guy again, and it uh, looks like the most productive back we have. But Cam Akers coming back? That's gonna be interesting, man. We'll see what happens. We'll go with the uh, three to see this week against the San Francisco 49ers. We got the inside linebackers again. We're going uh, with the the Rams did give up 156 rushing yards in the first game between these two, and just under 40 minutes of time of possession for the San Francisco 49ers, just seconds below 40. Uh, minutes total and now they have a new mobile quarterback with only one game of tape we have to get pressure so the inside linebackers will be a big part here and of course those outside linebackers as well but with some starters missing uh, the two guys we had is uh, like the well I guess Ernest Jones wasn't the number one guy at first but with now Kenny Young being a Denver Bronco Micah Kaiser being a Denver Bronco and then and then Ernest Jones going out we do have some backups here so it's going to be up to these guys to to have a big game uh, quarterback Matthew Stafford, we're doing it again. Too many turnovers lately. Um, so he had one touchdown and two interceptions in the first game. 
Both those interceptions, I believe, were pick sixes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, one of them, kind of got to give to Higby. Should have been caught, and then it just bounces, and, and, and it goes the other way. Hard to hard to move on from that. Hard to hard to get past that inside of a game. But it's obviously something that Higby will remember uh, in, in this one, and probably, I would hope, not let that happen again. But uh, what's better situation, though, to, uh, to bust the rust than against the San Francisco 49ers? at home to wrap up the season to lock up a number two seed. Absolutely incredible stuff here. And then running back Cam Akers, all indications tell us that Cam Akers is going to make a season debut against the 49ers. How sick would it be? Akers just comes in and busts like 150 a game all the way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Let's do this. I'm good, man. Let's um getting getting pumped up. I need to relax. It's only Wednesday. If you guys are watching the video version of this, it's only Thursday. <laughs> That's good. So, or if you guys are watching me Friday or Saturday, it's only Thursdays or whatever. You guys get it. You get it. All right. We're going to take a quick break here. And on the other side, we get fan quesos. We got some good ones, though. So don't move. All right. Welcome back in. Let's go ahead and knock out some fan quesos. We'll go ahead and start with Gary. How many carries do you expect Acres to get this week? Okay. So speaking of Cam Acres, there are two camps in the Cam Acres fan base uh, as far as Rams fans go there's the the camp that thinks that we should not be playing him right now that there's no possible way that he's healthy enough to play football what are we doing we're stupid we're jeopardizing his future there's the other camp yo Cam Akers is back Super Bowl I'm somewhere in the middle I think that we should we should definitely play him if he's healthy like if, if he's good to go he's good to go you know what I mean there's there'd be no reason to hold him out if he's fine uh, but I also want I like I, I'm also nervous, you know, he hasn't played all season, <laughs> like he's, he's fresh, but he's also probably a little bit rusty, so I'm also, like, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle, I would like to see him play, I'm excited to see him play, especially if he's good to go, which all indications say he is, uh, but I also want to see him a little bit limited, because A, we have a hot hand at running back right now, Sony Michelle, who's playing some good football, and then also Cam Akers just hasn't, he just hasn't played that much, so, uh, to answer your question, how many carries do I expect Cam Akers to get this week? I'm going to just go ahead and punch in eight. I think he gets eight carries. I think that he'll, he may get like three, four in a row, but ultimately over the entire course of the game, I don't expect him to just go nuts. Next three here are from Edwin. Number one, are you confident that Stafford will start making better decisions when it comes to throwing interceptions? I, it's hard to answer that question because I am confident in Matthew Stafford. Like I, I, I have a lot more confidence every time he drops back than when I when we watched Jared Goff drop back. And I don't know if that's the same for everybody. Probably not. Everybody's got different uh, different emotions, and we all kind of view the game out of a different lens. You know what I mean? Like, we all kind of see things a little bit different. I could see something from a player and be like, dude, this guy's going to be awesome in the future. Like, he's this is good This is good stuff. And then somebody else could see that and be like, well, if he can't do it now, he's already in the NFL. If he can't do it now, then he's probably not going to do it. And, and I see that. Go back and forth, you know? So... Am I confident in Matthew Stafford? Yeah. I'm really interested, though, to see him win a playoff game. Because if he does not win a playoff game, storylines are going to go nuts on Stafford. And Rams fans are going to lose their minds. So if the Rams lose round one, be prepared. The internet's going to be chaos, okay? In the Rams forums, and the Rams groups, all that stuff, it's going to be a disaster, okay? It really is. Second question here from Edwin. Uh, do you believe Rap will leave this offseason, given that this isn't the first time he's gotten into it with Ramsey? No, I don't think that that's necessarily a thing. If Rap leaves, I don't think it'll have anything to do with the situation that unfolded with Ramsey. I think that that's being blown out of proportion. 
like crazy, actually. It's being way more blown up than it needs to be. I don't think it's a big deal at all. Uh, but if Rap were to leave after this season, I think it's because he's been uh, a largely average player for the last few years. And he's got some good plays here and there, but he's also got bad plays here and there. So, I mean, if I had to choose, if you were like, hey, you keep Rams or you keep Rap, that's an easy call. Not even a question at all. I don't even have to think about that one. It's Ramsey, by the way. <laughs> uh, last question here from Edwin. Uh, when the when the Rams make it to the Super Bowl, will you go to SoFi? Man, I will definitely try. I know that much. My only concern is how difficult it would be to get a a place to stay. Like I do have some family out there, uh, but it's a, it's a little bit of a drive. Um, I've got family out in like Riverside, so it'd be a little bit of a trek to get there. But hey, I think it'd be worth it. It's it's a lot closer than the Sheriff Station which is where I'm at, Fountain, Colorado, for those of you guys interested. <laughs> Come say what's up, I guess. <laughs> but I will definitely try, Edwin. I, I, I don't see why I wouldn't at least want to try. Go watch that game at in the pink lot with some tailgaters. Bro, sign me up. That's amazing. Uh, this one comes from Jeff. How many different away stadiums have you watched the Rams game in, or a, a Rams game in? Which was your favorite? So far, I've only seen the Rams in two stadiums. I've actually only seen two NFL stadiums. That is the Broncos stadium uh, just up the road for me, about an hour and a half drive. And then I've seen SoFi twice now. So I've been to the Broncos stadium probably 11 or 12 times now, different games, not all Rams. Uh, but I've been there. Like, I think the first one I went to was a uh, Ravens. Uh, that was like Ed Reed and Ray Lewis days, uh, which was really cool. Like, I always have those moments. Uh, I do this a lot with concerts, too. I just kind of take a moment. Like, I, I was... They were uh, like the the Broncos were coming towards us. So I'm looking down on the field and I see I see 20 for Reed and I see 52 for Ray Lewis. And I'm just kind of sitting there and it's like just appreciating it a little bit. It's like, man, I'm watching some great players out here right now and did the same thing with the Rams. Of course, every time I watch them play, it's like, man, I'm watching some historical players right now. Like Steven Jackson watched him play in 2010 up in Denver. And it was like, man, I'm literally watching Steven Jackson play a football game. And I have those moments with concerts. I'll do that sometimes at a show. I'll be like, man, I'm really watching these guys play this. Like, they wrote this. And I'm watching them play their song that they wrote that I've heard since I was a kid or something. You know what I mean? I just, I love that stuff. So, unfortunately, I've only been to those two. I do plan on going to more. It looks like next year I'll be in New Orleans and Tampa Bay uh, for away games. Uh, also, if the Rams can win the division, uh, then we'll also go to Green Bay, uh, which I can, I'll give you guys a rundown of our opponents next year uh, when we past this last game because there are some things up in the air still because we haven't closed the division but if the Rams do win the division we will go to Green Bay I would like to go there um, we're going to be at the Rams at Chargers game which will be weird I'll be at the Broncos at Rams game so yeah those are the ones I'm planning on right now I think we'll get into Arizona also so some should be some good stuff but I'll get I'll add to this list next season Jeff that is the plan at least um, so should be fun Next one here from Felipe. Do you think Cooper Cup will break the record? Man, I don't know. I really don't know. Especially if the Rams, like if if the Rams are winning big, which I don't necessarily see happening, I, I think that we could pull them, and I think that that would be the smart call. Um, I would hate to see something dumb happen for a record. You know what I mean? Because let's also not pretend like Cooper Cup has not missed most of the Rams' biggest games. All right? So the fact that he's made it through this season healthy, I think that that's already a huge win. Everything he's done on the football field is just a plus because he is such an impact on this Rams offense. The best ability is availability. And right now he's given that to us. So can't complain about that at all, but I'm not sure if he hits these records. 
Felipe's next question, do you see McVeigh using Akers and Sony 50-50? More so into the playoffs, probably about NFC Championship time, but not necessarily uh, for this this upcoming matchup that we have. Uh, I just don't think it would happen for uh, for this game, considering Cam Akers is making his first game back. Uh, Manuel wants to know, AT&T Stadium chosen as the Super Bowl backup if COVID gets worse. Any news in that? I honestly, man, that's about the news is that that uh, it's been determined that if the if the L.A. County stuff and the covid gets really bad out there, that there is a chance that the Super Bowl does get moved to Dallas or Arlington and AT&T Stadium is just the backup now. So I don't necessarily anticipate this happening, especially with a lot of the stuff that we've seen as far as the uh, the, the protocols go. So I don't necessarily anticipate this, but I do think it was smart for them to actually create a backup plan just because you, you straight up just don't know. I, nobody knows what is going to happen in any of these situations. So it, it's good to just have that backup. I don't anticipate it being needed. However, let's go to the next one here. These next few will start actually with a net. Uh, do you think Whitworth is going to retire this year? I actually do. I, I, I think that he's done. I think that we're seeing the last, you know, single digits of uh, of Wits games left. So we've got at least two more. Um, hopefully, hopefully we get a couple more than that. But I do believe that Witt would retire after, especially if the Rams win the Super Bowl. If the Rams win the Super Bowl, I think he's out for sure, man. Like, I just don't, I just don't see it. Uh, him coming back if the Rams do it. What is your dream? This one comes from Peo. Uh, what is your dream playoff Super Bowl story? Honestly, man, uh, I think the 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 way that the Rams can have the the dopest path and the best storyline would be the best storyline, and not necessarily what I think will happen or anything like that. Would be San Francisco round one win, Tampa Bay round two win, Green Bay round three win, Patriots Super Bowl and win. That kind of encompasses a lot of things. The Rams have uh, obviously struggled recently against the San Francisco 49ers, so it would be really cool to get a, a playoff win against them. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that the Rams did defeat earlier this season and did defeat last year as well. Tom Brady Bucks have never defeated the Rams, so that's good. That would be really cool to, to shut that down and uh, to knock out the, the reigning champions. At Green Bay, to win that one would be absolutely unbelievable because it's such a difficult place to play. That's where the Rams got booted out last year. And then some sense of of revenge against the New England Patriots would just be the sweetest thing ever. But I will take anything. I will take any situation ever. Um, I would love to see the Rams and Bills in the Super Bowl, though. I think that for, for what it is, I think that that would be the coolest situation that we could possibly see. This one comes from GP Shadow. Uh, what do you suspect are the long-term plans for Matthew Stafford? I think he retires a Ram in about five or six years. I don't think it's anything crazy. I think that this is our guy, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, I'm interested to see McVay go through the drafting process for a quarterback. I don't think it happens anytime soon, though. So uh, don't hold your breath on uh, that happening. This next one here comes from Peo again. Uh, what current Rams player do you think would be the best at chess? Ooh, great game. Or... I have a great game. I like chess. Um, <laughs> I'm not amazing at it, but I hold my own. I would say if it had to be a player and not a coach, I would go with Cooper Cup. I think the way that he sees the game, he kind of has that McVeigh mind. And if I could use a coach, I would use McVeigh. Let's see here. These next round here will come from Ram's house, and then we'll wrap it up here. Uh, first one is if you had the choice 
to have a banana split milkshake with Von Miller or eat a burger with Cooper Cup, which do you choose? All right, so this is a tough one because, I mean, obviously I would love to hang out with both of these guys. Von Miller, though, has kind of been my guy for quite some time. I'm a Texas A&M fan, gig him, and the fact that he's a, a Ram right now is really exciting to me, especially being like I, I was a A&M fan, I always have been, and then he played in Denver, which is my home state. So, well, Denver's not my home state. Denver is in my home state of Colorado. But So I love Von Miller, man. I always have. I've always kind of uh, cheered for his success, not necessarily the success of the Broncos, but I've always rooted for Von Miller. I think he's awesome. Um, my issue would be that I do not tolerate lactose. <laughs> so, so I'd go with the burger with cup, man, for everybody's sake. <laughs> uh, next one here. Uh, which, which player has surprised you the most in a good way? Which player has underperformed that you thought would do well this year for the Rams? Great question. I would say somebody who has surprised me the most in a good way is Greg Gaines the fastest player in the NFL uh, because Greg Gaines I mean last year I was I was real critical of him and then he started playing pretty pretty well in the in the second half of the season and then this year I think he's not only replaced the production that Michael Brockers had over the last couple of years because I'm not going to say overall um, because Brockers had an incredible impact but over the last like the last two years of Brockers I think that Greg Gaines has surpassed that production so I think that he's doing amazing and really hope he sticks around for a long time Somebody who I thought would do a little bit better, I, and I don't necessarily think he's playing poorly, I just thought he was going to be involved a little bit more, would be wide receiver Van Jefferson. I don't think he's playing poorly at all, and he's got his nice little role in the offense, but I really expected him to be a lot more featured than he is. So I would I would say ultimately he's he's underperformed, but that's based on my own expectations, which were way up, you know what I mean? So... See here from Ram's house, you are Les Sneed for one day. You get offered either seven first round draft picks for free, or you get to pick three players from any team at no cost. Which do you choose? Dude, not even a question. You take the three players. Because if you take seven first round picks, you really might only hit on one or two. Yeah, And just look at the Rams first round drafting history as evidence of that. You may not hit any of them. But if you can go out and pick your own three guys from any team, dude, you do, you take that all day. Because who do you take? That's the question, is who do you take? You take TJ Watt and pair him with Aaron Donald. You take George Kittle and put him in our offense. And then who else Who else would I would I take? Maybe somebody like secondary to replace like a rap or something like that. I, I don't know. That's a, that's a good one. But I would take Watt and Kittle for sure. Uh, add them into our squad and I mean you add them today and we are the best team in football <laughs> like no doubt you know what I mean? like we're already one of the top but like uh, no question at that point but seven first round picks you may hit uh well it's about a 50% hit rate on first round picks so you would hope for four but a hit is not necessarily this guy's a hall of fame level player or even a pro bowler it's he's a productive starter so to get uh, a player that's actually to that upper tier level, I mean, you, you're 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 hoping for one, realistically. So yeah, that's an easy one, man. Let's see here. Rank your top three plays from this LA Rams season. Oof. And then rank your top three plays that the Rams have made since they moved back to LA. Bring your Sean McVay brain for this question. Yeah, man, that's a tough question. 
So, so far, I think from this season, let me try to think about this one. From this season, that first touchdown, Matthew Stafford to Van Jefferson, I thought that that laid out the entire emotion of the season, that this is going to be a good one. This is going to be fun. Um, then I will go... Dude, this is tough, man. This is tough. Okay, I'll say Cooper Cup getting the touchdown against Jacksonville. I had such a sick angle of that one uh, being there that I that one was so much fun to watch. And then, like, as he caught it, like, you thought he was going to get tackled. Like, the way that the angles were set up, you're like, oh, he's going to get got over there. But then he scored, and that was amazing. Uh, after that, I would say, gosh, dude, that's tough. There's so many good ones, man. Like, I have, like, a bunch in my brain right now, but... I don't know. I'm going to skip that one. Uh, three plays since returning to L.A. My number one, my number one is Greg Zorline hitting the field goal in overtime against the Saints in the NFC Championship game. Clutch. Clutch. All right. Uh, second one would be Jared Goff to Robert Woods against the Houston Texans. Uh, what was that? 93 yards, if I'm not mistaken. And Rob Havenstein held. J.J. Watt so bad on that play, um, and it didn't get called, but I'll take that. <laughs> so I'll do that one, and then, oh, and then you know what? Then I'll do the Aaron Donald strip sack on Patrick Mahomes, scoop and score by Samson Abukam as my third option on that one. That's a good question, man. I like that. That was fun. Let's see. What is Jordan Fuller's favorite beverage? What is Jordan Fuller's favorite restaurant? It's a twofer. Okay. Jordan Fuller's favorite beverage, I'm going to just go with mine because I think that he and myself are basically the same person. <laughs> I don't know why I say that joke all the time. Um, it's not even that funny, but um, I'm going to I'm gonna go. So he likes Glenn Levitt scotch. That is my number one. I love Glenn Levitt scotch. That is the ugh, That is the best. Thinking about it right now just makes me like, dang, that sounds good. You know what I mean? I don't actually have any right now. That's too bad. Or Fat Tire. I drink Fat Tire beer a lot. Uh, what is Jordan Fuller's favorite restaurant, though? Jordan Fuller's not a loud, flashy guy. But he's also got class, you know? He's fancy, but not loud and obnoxious. I'm trying to think. Of, you would know. You would know the answer to this one uh, that I have in my brain. But I don't know who else would. I don't know how popular this restaurant is. Cheddar's. There's one off of Interquest, <laughs> and um, I I think that that would be like that that vibe fits Jordan Fuller. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'll go with that. Next one here and last one here from Ram Showcase, or that's me, Rams House. Uh, you get to spend the day with Jordan Fuller for president. Hashtag Jordan Fuller for president. I use that all the time. Hashtag Jordan Fuller for president. For president, get it? Ha <laughs> ha. Rams House is actually the one that did that because I was, I was doing F.O.R., <laughs> which I still do sometimes, but still. You get to spend the day with Jordan Fuller. What do you end up doing? Going to Cheddar's and drinking Glen Levin. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that just because it's fun. All right, that's it for Fan Quesos. Thank you guys so much for dropping those. I do make a post on the, on the YouTube channels community tab if you guys would like to drop your fan cases there i do it every wednesday also if you guys want to add me as a facebook friend my name is joe branham 
or if you type in Sheriff Joe Bags, I'm pretty sure my profile pops up, but I don't know that for sure because I can't search for myself. It knows what I'm doing when I'm trying to search for myself. So I don't know. I don't know. But um, either way, you guys can add me as a friend there uh, or you can uh, YouTube. I also get people that that send me direct messages with uh, quesos. Just let me know what it is because if you just, if you just ask me, I'll probably just answer it there and then that's not fun for the rest of the people who wanted to know the answer to that question. So just tell me it's a fan queso. We'll get you going. You guys drop the, the term Go Rams in the comment section. You are entered for the giveaway uh, presented by Shaw's Customs. And, and then after this game, guys, we are officially in the postseason. Second season begins right after this. One more game to get to, and the Rams are in the dance no matter what. It's a little bit less stressful, but of course, it is also Niners week, and we want to beat up on them 49ers, right? Right? Let's do it, man. It's going to be some good stuff. That is going to do it for me, though. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night.